What's up, everybody? Welcome to The State of Wild, episode 98, a regular YouTube video web series podcast thingy. My name is Meowthian, as usual, and joined by my two good friends and co-host, Rawful and Corbett. How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, you know, not too bad. A bit of a rough week, but uh, we got some good news uh, today uh, for a change and some rather exciting news, including an expansion announcement, which we didn't actually get until the the weekend which was a little bit strange and it's a little bit strange the timing of it i think a lot sooner than people expected and uh but a very pleasant surprise given like what was actually revealed today so i'm i'm pretty pumped to talk to you guys about it after uh after you know hearing about it earlier today Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I've i also had like a little bit of a rough weekend, or a rough week, so I'm kind of like IRL, kind of like mentally exhausted and stuff, but uh, always very happy to start getting into the reveal season stuff. It's always fun for me because I'm so far behind when it's revealed at 3am my time, and so I have to catch up on the reaction. I get nothing in real time, but it's fun going back and just always reading through everyone going like, oh my god, like what is this? And it, like honestly, some of these cards, they do feel like a little bit of a fever dream. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll get to them. Yeah, I mean, let's let's dive right into it. Uh, today, we got the announcement of the next Hearthstone expansion coming August 2nd. Uh, Murder at Castle Nathria. So, Love it. I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name of that castle right, but it is a murder mystery theme uh, with characters from, I believe, the latest WoW expansion uh, from Shadowlands, I believe, uh, is what I was told. So, people are super hyped for it. Um, after looking at some of these cards, I'm super hyped for it as well. I'm super hyped for it just based on the theme alone. I didn't play Shadowlands. I was it was one of the few WoW expansions that actually tempted me to return just because the aesthetics of it were really cool. So getting to experience that in Hearthstone is great. You know, I I love uh, old vampire movies uh, like hmm. um you know the well not that old but like the original Blade was uh was definitely my jam. You gotta love Wesley Snipes uh, slaying vampires. Um, you know, I, I love what we do in the shadows. So like this is bringing that and then combining it with one of my other favorite pastimes, which is, uh, murder mysteries and, uh, like kind of giving this, uh, clue vibes, but like, because it's Hearthstone, it's a little bit goofy. So it'll probably be similar to the clue movie, which was phenomenal. And some, you know, one of the few movies that I've seen multiple times. Uh, so yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm really into the, the aesthetics of uh, this expansion and it looks like it has some pretty sweet cards that do sweet things. So, like, I don't know the last time I've been this hyped for an expansion other than maybe, like, Knights of the Frozen Throne when uh, Death Knights were introduced. Like, the, legitimately, that's one of the... Before an expansion actually hits, like, I'm as excited as I've ever been, I think. Yeah, Ruffle, talking about watching Clue multiple times, was that a... I haven't seen that in a long time, but I do remember there were some multiple endings or something in that, not to spoil anything, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a rewatch, you're in the film. Right, right. It's uh, I mean, the the, <laughs> the ending sequences um is easily some like the best part of that movie. So if you haven't watched it yet, and you ever played the game Clue growing up as a kid, or even if you hadn't, or if you called it Cluedo, I don't care. Uh, just uh, watch that movie. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I love it when Hearthstone gets goofy like this. Like I've mm -hmm. I've talked about this before. My uh my favorite expansions are uh, theme wise and stuff. Uh, you know, Skullamets Academy, going the whole Harry Potter vibe. I really like the Sunken City, the aesthetic of that and everything. And this kind of feels uh, very much like like those two, you know? like It, it does feel like we are getting goofy. We, we are taking kind of a fun um, twist on the on the WoW stuff. And so, yeah, I like I like all the board game stuff. I like all Clue and all, all going down this rabbit hole. Um, and yeah, the uh, vampire-type aesthetic as well. You know, I've been watching Castlevania on Netflix. Um so, you know, very into that recently as well. So, yeah, it should be good. Yeah. I, I wasn't super hype about it until I, like, read the little opening to their announcement, this little paragraph here. Uh, and so I just want to read it out to everybody else. Um, and so Sire Denathrius, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, but he's the host of this party, and he invites his ten counterparts and enemies to the castle for a dinner party so he can address the malicious rumors that he is hoarding anima. The life energy drained from tortured souls and used the power of the Deadlands. But just after the festivities started, Sire Denathrius was found dead. It seems a gaggle of enemies does not a good dinner party make. Now the illustrious Murloc Holmes and his trusty sidekick Watfin have been called to solve the case. 
that sentence right there that's what got me and yeah, so yeah watchman yeah yeah hell yeah <laughs> um so yeah like if you just aren't even excited for the theme once we get started talking about the mechanics and some of the new cards i think you guys are going to be just as hype as we are and so uh let's talk about some of the the new stuff that's coming first before we hop into the cards itself so let's start with the uh, the new keyword uh which is infuse and so infuse uh basically if you have a card with the keyword infuse in your hand it'll be followed with a number right so infuse two infuse three so on so on and so what that means is after that number of minions have died on your side of the battlefield right so if you say infuse two you need to have two creatures die uh two minions uh while that card is in your hand and if you do that card upgrades and gets a powerful new effect okay and so some of the one of the examples uh we'll go with the uh, the boring one here first it's a two mana two three with taunt but if you've it has infused three gain plus two plus two so if you've got three other minions that have died it becomes a two mana four five with taunt it's something important about infuse though is kind of like a corrupt i believe it actually transforms the card which is important for the you know considerations for silence uh, for one thing, if it's shuffled into your deck for any reason, it's going to retain those buffs. If you raise dead into it, it's going to retain that. So, like, or if you resurrect it, so all of those are very important facets because it makes the a little bit less fragile than just like a plus two plus two buff uh, in your hand. All right, and then we also have a brand new card type to talk about, and so brand new to Hearthstone, we have locations, and so essentially what these are is these are cards that are in your deck that you'll play them out onto the battlefield for initial cost um and so the two that we've seen today cost one mana so they're pretty simple uh and once they're on the battlefield they have a durability but you can use them for free similar uh they said the the ui is very similar to a hero power where you'll click on the location and then you'll click on whatever you want to target with it um and you get to use that for free once a turn but then it has a one turn cooldown. So let's say you play a location on turn one, you can immediately use it, or you can wait until turn two. So let's say you immediately use it on turn one, then you cannot use the location on turn two, but then you can use it again for free starting on turn three. Um, and so we'll dive into uh, a couple of the specifics here. Uh, so Cora held a Q&A with some of the, uh, you know, explaining a little bit more about how these card types uh, work so basically these will take up a slot on the board so normally you have seven minion slots these will take up one of those seven uh similar to the juggernaut and i believe they currently cannot be interacted with similar to stuff like the, the juggernaut or the, the quest portal um and they have mentioned that these are things that are going to be recurring in hearthstone and future expansions so these are not card types that oh. are similar just or unique just to this one expansion so they said they're going to be more popular or more present than uh, than hero cards, but less prevalent than uh, than weapons. So this is just a brand new mechanic that they've introduced, um, and it seems pretty sweet. So like in this expansion, these locations are all different parts of uh, Sire Denathrius's castle, where you know where the the murder might have taken place, right? And so it's uh, pretty sweet with that. Um, how are you guys feeling about first of all the keyword and uh, this new card type as well? Well, again, the, the new card types really tie into the whole clue aesthetic of it. So that's like you're, you're investigating the different locations and trying to figure out where it was that uh, Mr. Body was uh, murdered. Um, but, yeah, I'm all for new card types anytime. Uh, and hearing, first of all, that, um, you know, we get them in this new expansion is great. Like, Colossal Minions were sort of a new card type, but it's still a minion at its core, right? So that's like... Uh, it's good, but not not as exciting as this. Is this something that people have been looking for for a long time, like a long-term, persistent, activated effect? Uh, it does go away, like it has durability, like a weapon might. Um, so you do lose it after a certain point. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. It adds something new and interesting to Hearthstone, and I'm excited that it's going to be a recurring thing too, because I think a lot of times, uh, you know, we've talked about this before. If you just get a keyword or just get you know, even like, for instance, Colossal Minions, like those are things that I, I I would like if we got them more often, you know, I don't want them to just be a, a one off because there's like, I don't know, there's interesting potential there. Uh, so getting upfront confirmation that that's going to be the case makes me more excited for this because I mean, 
hero cards, I guess, are the last time we got a new card type, and that was in Knights of the Frozen Throne. Yeah, I um I really, really like these in general. Um <clears throat> they obviously um have some comparison to the objectives that we just saw. Uh, in terms of like being something you play out and then they kind of have this continuous effect obviously there's probably um you know a lot more like decision making going on then right there's the more or uh just the, the the fact that they're so cheap um and you know they they have that cooldown uh kind of makes them really interesting i i think that is generally pretty interesting cool cards so they they all seem like simple but um, have a lot of depth to them, which is generally the type of card that I'm usually a huge fan of. So, yeah, I mean, getting a new card, exciting. Like it. Um, hadn't heard that they are going to be recurring, so that's news to me, and uh, it's also really interesting going forward as well. Yeah, so if you guys are listening and want to know more about locations, I believe Kibler is going to be doing kind of a reveal stream on Friday on the Play Hearthstone channel where they're going to be talking a lot about locations, playing a lot of locations, probably revealing a few more locations as well. And so make sure you guys check that out if you guys want to know more about that. But like the guys have said, I, I'm super hype about locations. Uh, the two that we've seen are like pretty simple um, and, and maybe, uh, you know, not strong enough for wild, but we do have eight more to go. And so I'm really excited to see. Uh, they said in general, they're trying to keep the location since they are a brand new card type uh, simple for this first pass, but it's a lot of you know room for design where they can do some pretty cool stuff with it. So uh, excited about that. And then uh, to wrap it up, it kind of does feel like we're getting a return to the vibe of mercenaries where we have these 10 characters uh, that are the suspects uh, in the murder for this dinner party. And so each class has this evil enemy of Sire Denathrius uh, that they're going to be talking about and, and focusing on a little bit alongside Murloc Holmes. And so with all of that said, let's go ahead and dive into uh, to some of the cards, starting first off with the, uh, the brand new free legendary that everybody gets, and probably the card out of everything that we saw today is generating the most conversation because it is pretty insane. Uh, let's talk about Prince Renathal. So all you have to do is log in, you get a free copy of this card, and he's a 3-mana three 3-4, three so a spider tank with some pretty insane text. Your deck size and starting health are 40, which means you get to play a 40-card deck. I, I guess get to is maybe not the right word. You have to play <laughs> a 40-card deck, but you start at 40 life. And so I know both of these things are things that people have been asking for for a long time in Hearthstone. We finally have the effect now. Before, I know, Raffle, you, you've already played with this, but what were y'all's like initial impressions when you guys saw this card revealed? Uh, my initial impression is that it's very much like a, a Reno Jackson type card. You have a deck building cost that you have to pay because 40 cards is a downside almost exclusively. There are a few maybe fringe case exceptions, but for the most part... Adding more cards to your deck makes your draw order significantly more inconsistent, and as a result, makes most decks a lot worse. You would rather have fewer cards most of the time than more cards. So adding more cards to your deck is a downside. The upside is plus 10 health, which, you know, could be relevant in a highly aggressive metagame, um, especially against a deck in the wild format like Pirate Rogue, which theoretically does fizzle out eventually, right? They only have so many uh, copies of Swordfish, so in that matchup, um, you know, it, that extra health could matter. It could get you, you know, un out from under uh, a smite before he comes down because of that nerf as well. So, like, there are, there are some instances where this is definitely um, helpful, right? There are some decks where this is definitely helpful, um, you know. But, again, you, you have to recognize that there is a cost associated with it. It's not a good thing to add 40 cards to your Reno deck. There are 10 cards that are worse than that wouldn't make the cut and therefore are making your deck slightly worse, if only slightly, uh, as a result of, of that. So you don't just like, you know, off rip, jam this into every single Reno deck. You need to actually think about the, the cost associated with this. So if you're running a combo, definitely don't want this card. If you're running anything that like basically ends the game on the spot, um, you would rather just get to that thing um, and do that thing and win that game. Uh, fatigue has been irrelevant and wild for a very long time, and this card isn't going to suddenly make that relevant. Um, I, 
I'm sorry, <laughs> but but it's it's not. You might consider it if um, be going for a super polarized deck like an odd warrior without the quest, just straight fatigue odd warrior, and you're just trying to like get one over on a bunch of aggro decks. Then yeah, sure, maybe you consider this. But even then, you're doing it for the health, not the extra cards, because you're going to win that game in fatigue no matter what, because aggro has ridiculous card draw right now. So like. Um, it's, it's a matter, the way that you evaluate this card is, is plus 10 health worth adding plus 10 cards? And uh, I think without a lot of testing and a lot of data, we can't actually come to a conclusion. I'll give you my opinion on it after you guys uh, talk about it, since I actually was able, I think the only one to, to play the card earlier today. But like, that was my first impression. Um, and yeah. Yeah, my, uh, my reaction was kind of like threefold. It was... Um wow okay like that's weird like okay we, we're getting this the uh the second one was this oh so it's like reno uh you know like, i think that reno comparison is very apt and uh you know i, I think it's probably just the gut reaction that a lot of people had to seeing this card right like it, it draws that same comparison um and then the the third one was uh people are gonna love this like this is gonna like similarly to reno jackson not in terms of just like the deck building and like the restriction the type of effect you know the the anti-aggro nature of the card the the greedy sort of uh deck building and stuff that it promotes um the biggest thing that i immediately thought of was just that people are going to play this so much like it's gonna have this is gonna be one of the most popular cards i think um in Hearthstone's history it, particularly for you know a lot of those players that do already play like the reno archetypes and are kind of um, perhaps the, uh, let's say, like, long-term engaged casual player, right? Like, the type of people that just queue up their favorite deck at, like, a Diamond 10, whatever they want to play jank. I think those people are going to absolutely adore this. So, those were my main, like, immediate thoughts. And then I started thinking about the power level. And, uh, like Ravel said, I haven't had the chance to actually play the card yet. Um, but, you know, like, he outlined pretty clearly that... The downside is huge, right? And we're probably not going to know exactly uh, how good or bad it is um, until we kind of, well, until we get to see it, right? Like, until we actually get to see it in action. Um, personally, I think that in general, it's going to be not worth it. But there are some interesting kind of fringe um, synergies that uh, kind of might make it a bit better than you might expect. So Molten Giant is a very interesting one because 20 health Molten Giant, like, you know, you can get it down to 20. Um... That's going to be very, very difficult for a lot of aggro decks to combat. So, you know, it's hard enough playing around the Molten Giants and things when they go into 10, but if they only have to go to 20, it's basically impossible. Um, and that can be really, really huge for a, a deck like a Giants Warlock um, and something like that. So, stuff like that. There's also things like Hemet, right? Hemet's pretty interesting where you get this full health bonus, but you can also, like, kind of cut away a lot of the chaff that uh, would be in the deck. And you can kind of uh, mitigate that in something like a Mechathun Warlock or something. So, I don't know. Either way, I think that people are going to love it. I'm interested in its competitive applications and stuff. And just kind of a wacky one that I'm a little bit surprised actually made it out of the custom Hearthstone subreddit. I mean, big shout out to the thousand people that have already made this one up uh, over the past few years. Yeah, my, uh, my initial instincts were, like you mentioned, people are going to absolutely love this card, right? They're... It's going to be like the ticket is where like it might not be good, but people are going to shove it in all their decks because they absolutely love the like payoff of it. Um, but then I like started actually thinking and I was like, I don't know. I think there's two classes that have like 40 playable cards, like uh, it, like 40 quality cards in the format. And I think that's Druid and I think that's Warlock. And I don't like Demon Hunter definitely doesn't have 40 playable cards uh like mage right now doesn't seem very good at all but i like i can totally see people playing like lpg mage with this you know uh prince renathal um just to discount even more creatures <laughs> um like I, I went through all the classes and i was like outside of druid and warlock i'm struggling to find 30 playable cards and so like this downside of going to 40 feels really bad um that being said i'm gonna play nothing but this card until the next expansion comes out but competitively i i did see a lot of talk about the like the darkly warlock or the giants warlock um where now you can pretty safely uh sea devil gigafin people um you do have to draw that and it's a little bit harder in, in a 40 card deck but i think in general the places that this is going to see play are probably going to be in classes that have a lot of built-in card draw or tutors 
right? So like Warlock has the uh, the life tap because life tap is busted. Druid has a ton of card draw, and like maybe something like Shaman because they have a bunch of ways to tutor out specific cards from their deck. Um, we might see a competitive deck uh, that runs Renthal in like a Reno Shaman or maybe just like a free Shaman with this card so that you can fit in all of the tech cards that you want to. Um, but outside of that, like I, I don't know any classes that I like that have 40 playable cards to begin with. Um, so I can share my experience with you guys now, if you'd like, uh, I'm one of those people that is, loves this card. Like it, it like, <laughs> I think it's interesting. It gives you a little mm -hmm. bit of breathing room against aggro, but like my problem was I spent about three hours playing exclusively this card and I queued into like one aggro deck all day because everybody else was playing this card <laughs> and that aggro deck steamrolled me on turn four. So thanks for the 40 health Renathal. Like, uh, but uh, for the most part, yeah, I don't I don't know that this will be a super competitively viable deck. I think people dramatically, dramatically underestimate the uh, downside of a 40-card deck. I mean, some of the... Uh, that, that tends to be something that's, like, common with uh, inexperienced uh, card game players. But that cohort of players probably won't care. They just want to have the 40 yeah. health and, yeah. you know give the double birds to aggro and move on. So I queued almost like a lot of my opponents, maybe half of my opponents were playing this card in their deck today. And I had had some of the most fun I've ever had in Hearthstone. So I'm happy about this. Like it, it, it's cool. I don't care if it's competitively viable or not. I think there is some potential, especially uh, like Corb said, I was playing a Reno Paladin today, um, which to me, I was point like, I mean, your typical Reno Paladin is just a pile of 30 cards anyway. So why not? Why not bump it up to a pile of 40 cards and and you're fine. You've got some cute interaction there with the call. Didn't really come up all that much um, because then you can Reno after it. But like it's running Molten Giants was the big thing. So I think that like I think the most viable deck that's actually going to be running it is like Corb said, probably that um, Dark Glareless, Dark Glare uh, Giants Warlock where, you know, 10 is getting pretty sketchy. If you're stopping there, you might be forced to run like you know, Sun Fury Protector in your deck to not die to aggro, and you don't really want to do that um, in the current metagame because, like, Rogue exists. But 20 is a lot more than 10. In fact, it's twice as much. So, like, getting to 20 is a lot, you know, safer than uh, dropping yourself to 10 and then, like, frantically healing afterwards. So I think that that's probably a, uh, like, a legitimate use case for it uh, in addition to... Um, I think you'll probably see it in, in Reno Paladin as well, just for the the call uh, Reno interaction, giving you basically doubling up on the the effect, right? It essentially takes you to about 40 or so if you can get the, the call down early enough or preserve some of that armor. Um, but I would be hesitant in a LPG mage because a lot of the successful LPG mages run like an Alexstrasza or a Cloud Prince combo that, again, just want to end the game. So you're better off just ending those games. You're not taking even in... LPG mage, you're actually going out of your way to not take those games to fatigue because you have, you know, you have Luna in your deck so that you can draw those cards and like, you know, drop a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, despite despite a lot of uh, Renathal mirror matches, I had exactly one game go to fatigue and um, that was like an absolute anomaly uh, because my opponent did a whoopsie and should have ended the game much sooner than that because. It's Wild Hearthstone in 2022. They they legitimately played double Octasari, and that was the only reason I went to fatigue. So, oh my like, god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They 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 did a bit of an oopsie. Uh, so like that was again the exception rather than the rule. Like it, this this card alone is not going to make games go to fatigue because like there are just so many efficient big bodies somebody's going to get a board lead eventually and just like bash the other person in the face and that's consistently what happened even in you know greedy reno mirrors that i was playing all day yeah yeah i mean i think regardless of the competitive viability of this card i think it's automatically a success just because like mm -hmm. like people are love this card already and it's got a lot of people talking and so like immediately i think it's a success when it comes to design it's it's a neutral card too it's a free neutral legendary you can add this card to any deck if you really wanted to i don't recommend doing that but theoretically you could and i think that like that's that in and of itself is pretty sweet right like if if you want to do you could just jam this in whatever you want for a bit of breathing room um into aggro and it, like it's a 
decent body. Like drawing this card is less likely because uh, you have you know more cards in your deck. So even even if you don't um, necessarily want to draw it, you're not necessarily likely to draw it. Um, and then I guess the last thing is that like maybe if Mine Rogue or in some cases Pillager becomes a lot more common, like you can consider this in a Reno deck because Mine Rogue in particular, less so Pillager Rogue because I could just like do sixty. Uh, but like Mine Rogue is somewhat damage cap, so like you could, you know, twenty eight is an important breakpoint for them, or twenty four is an important breakpoint for them. You could um, you could force them into getting, you know, requiring the full combo, which is not quite as easy to pull off if you uh, happen to draw too many weapons um, and not be able to make use of the the sketches, or at least it's not mana efficient if you have to, you know, play both of the weapons and break them on the same turn. So, yeah. How cute would that be if it became a tech card for stuff like Mind Rogue? Gosh, but uh, but yeah, I, I I'm excited for this card. I'm very glad that it's a thing. Um, we'll leave it on one point, I guess. Raffle, can we expect a 45 legendary deck coming soon? Already happened. Um, Easy. 45 plus uh, plus Cthulhu, obviously, plus a uh, oh, um, plus an ambassador Phelan in there. Oh my god, it, it was incredible. 49. I cards actually, goddamn, because. <laughs> Well, yeah, because I dumpstered my rank so much, uh, I actually had a positive win rate with the deck. I believe I was, I was doing well. Like I was just like, I was just playing the legendaries on curve and smashing people in the face. Goodness gracious! All right, let's move on to uh, the next super sweet neutral legendary that we saw today. Let's talk about Murloc Holmes and his little sidekick Watfin. If you guys haven't seen the art on it, holy crap, dude! It is, it is matt dixon art so you you already know it's quality but this is a uh, another three mana three four murloc with the battle cry solve three clues about your opponent's cards to get copies of them so i believe uh my understanding of this and feel free to to interrupt and correct me if i'm wrong guys so basically the first clue is gonna show you three cards and you have to pick one of the three that started in your opponent's opening hand then you get offered a second clue which is what card is currently in your opponent's hand and then the third clue is what card is currently in your opponent's deck and so i believe you if you only solve one out of the three you only get the one card but if you solve all three correct you get all three cards i believe that is my understanding uh of that but assuming that's correct there's a three mana three four to discover three which is uh kind of nutty um in wild i'm not sure how great that's going to be but like I feel like this is just another one of those super sweet neutral legendaries that has a ton of upside and it's going to be super sweet to play. I mean, my forty-five legendary deck needed a lot of help with its curve, so the three mana slot is, uh, you know, wide open for it. I wasn't clear. Like I'm honestly not entirely sure, so I'm not. This isn't a correction. This is my lack of uncertainty. I watched the the release video and it seemed like you maybe had to get all three right to get yeah, in order to get that's... the three. Like you only get sh like it cancels things out if you miss one. It was kind of my understanding of it. Mm. So I don't know if you get to move on to the second and third clue if you miss the first one, for instance. Yeah, um, the the way I'm reading, I'm like reading through Discord. It seems like that is it. You have to get all three right. Okay, so that makes it significantly more challenging. It's like maybe a third of the, not even a third of the time. Like it depends on how like how. The first one's pretty easy to solve, right? Because if there's a chance they've already played that card. Um, the second two become a little bit more difficult because I don't know if it's showing just cards like uh, Glitter Moth or Glitter Root or whatever. Glimmer Root. I don't know. Whatever that priest card is. I don't know if it's showing cards that potentially aren't even in your opponent's deck at all. Like that would be easy to eliminate um, in most cases. So I don't know the details of this, but like having to solve all three sounds pretty, pretty difficult. Uh, after the first one, like the the first two, I, I think appear to be the easiest, right? Because um, first one, you they could have played it. Second one, they could have like bounced something or added something to hand that you might have gotten some information about. So you could have you could get some info there. The third one's just kind of a a dice roll, I guess. I don't know. Like that seems and that that it seems difficult to get all three. So I think it's you know if that's the case, that's going to be a tough uh, set of parameters to hit. Yeah, I mean, if a, I'm, I'm assuming that it's gonna be cards that are from your opponent's deck, like for for all the options. If it's just like random cards, like Glimmer Root, then it obviously gets a lot better, right? Because, um, 
you know, it'll be a lot more obvious, like, when, when you're offered, like, oh, do they have Wisp in there or what? Um, but yeah, assuming it works like that, right? Assuming that it's cards from the deck, it seems really, really tough uh, to kind of get it early in the game. And wild games go pretty quick, and you're going to have to play this early to really uh, make use of it. So, um, I don't know, like, weird card, cool card. Um, don't really see it being good enough, but we also need some clarity on exactly how it works before judging too much, I think. Yeah. So let's assume that it's super easy to get all three, right? Let's oh, say, insane. Would, a, like, would a three mana three four add three cards from your opponent's deck or class be worth running in wild? Sometimes. I think so. I, I, I'd play in like, uh, I don't know, like Murloc Shaman or something. Like, get three resources for three three four is like still pretty good, even if they're not like amazing cards by themselves. It's still like a lot of gas uh, for not too much of a tempo loss at that point. Right. I mean, that's that's why I think it's going to be very difficult and why it has such um, high like requirements in order to to get them. Because even like three mana add a card to your hand, uh, even if you if, even if it's only one, like that's still a premium quality card. Like that's better than a Madame Lazul, which is a uh, class specific card for one thing and like has worse stats. So like that's, you know, I, I, I really. Yeah, it's a. Uh, <laughs> It's a it's a pretty big, uh, you know, pretty large amount of value, even if you get one or two cards. So I think it, you know, even if, and so I think it probably is the the three, like uh, like Corb said, and then also on top of that, like, I don't know, probably has to be difficult. Otherwise, it would just be absolutely nutty. Yeah. Well, here's hoping it's actually playable. Like, if you get the cards for just one or two, because then I'd actually be wanting to put this in wild decks. Which is like a positive I'm, because I think this card I feel, is sweet. I, I think it's confirmed. You have to get all three guesses. I'm just not sure what oh. cards are actually like uh, the ones that you guess on. All right, that's fair. I, I just I'm hoping it's good because like I mean look at this card. Like come on, it's, yeah. it, I want it to be good so I can play it and, and have some fun with that. Uh, and, and last but not least for these uh, neutral minions, um, we, we talked about Murloc Holmes and Prince Renthal. We got we gotta talk about a little bit of a stinker here. Uh, Priest of the deceased. This is a two mana two three with taunt. Uh, that has the new keyword infuse on it. Um, so three friendly minions have to die in order to get the uh, the bonus here. Uh, it is infuse three gain plus two plus two. Um, seems like an arena card. I don't really know anywhere that we want to play this. Like not even in something like cute lock. Um, so if it's all right with you guys, let's move on to the uh, the next card here. Um, so let's start with our first location, uh, starting in warrior. Uh, let's talk about Sanguine Depths. So this location costs one mana. Um, and then just to, to kind of rehash what locations are, uh, you play them out, and then you can activate it for free. Uh, you can activate it the turn that you play the location as well. Once you activate it, uh, you cannot activate it the next turn. It has a little bit of a cooldown timer on it, uh, and it does have durability on it, so you can only use it three times, and it takes up a minion slot. Uh, so that being said, Sanguine Depths is a one-mana location with three durability. Um, deal one damage to a minion and give it plus one attack. So essentially uh, an Enrage Enabler um, for free that you can set up. So how are we feeling about uh, Sanguine Depths? I mean, it's also just like Enrage the card, right? Or does Enrage give uh, plus two attack? But I think Enrage anyway. is like deal two or two attack, sorry. Oh, yeah. that's the card I'm thinking of. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, it's... Uh... Like you talked about early, the um, the locations are going to be pretty vanilla this time around, like intentionally so. Um, this effect is, you know, kind of cute in like a patron style deck, maybe, but like those decks aren't good. <laughs> um, so unless you're like a dedicated uh, patron warrior pilot, which, you know, I've been known to bring the deck out every once in a while and it, it farms aggro uh, if you build it the right way. Um, aside from that, I don't, I, I don't see much use for this. Um, you know, we've kind of seen this effect on a lot of cards in the past, and it's been pretty disappointing historically. Yeah, not amazing. Uh, obviously, Acolyte of Pain, Battle Rage, like these are some of the the synergies that are kind of working around. Um, as well as just kind of just being a little bit of a ping, whatever against like a pirate deck right um but yeah it doesn't really seem too outstanding so it's whatever it's fine yeah all right just fine uh what about decimator olgra so this is one of the warrior legendaries 
Um, I believe this is one of the people that have shown up uh, at the party and is being accused, uh, if my understanding is correct. It's it's Mancrick's wife. We finally found her, Meowth. We oh. finally found her. I didn't even make that connection. I. It makes sense now, reading the She's name. She's back for revenge, too. Yeah. She does look pretty oh, angry. The, the flavor text is just found her, exclamation point, in all capitals. So, yeah. <laughs> I also do love how it is a 3-7 to match the nerfed Olgra stats from uh, from Mancrick. I, I wonder if she was originally uh, think... a 3-10. That's not actually yeah, yeah. Olgra, though. That is, uh, that is enraged Mancrick because he found her body. And I believe the, yeah, the they Shadowlands... They have to match, right? Yeah, they have right. to match. But yeah, yeah. lore-wise, I believe the Shadowlands is kind of like the afterlife in Warcraft lore okay. from my understanding that's why like that's why she's there um so some of the people that we're seeing i guess are maybe dead characters i don't know i'm not up to date on my Warcraft lore but like that was my impression from the the Shadowlands release come on Ruffle that's the only reason that... we have you on the show is for the lore come on well you you should have gotten easy then instead of me <laughs> like what were you thinking <laughs> fair enough um anyways Olgra 6 mana 3 7 uh, battle cry gain plus one plus one for each damaged minion so that is both yours and the opponents uh, and then attack all enemies so that includes the enemy portrait uh, they did say that it's not in play order right so it is just random order uh, from the opponent meaning that it's not always going to guarantee hit the opponent's face so probably like a six mana like five nine six ten maybe maybe um really optimistic yeah i don't know uh potentially clearing the board uh as well so i know we just had a little bit of hesitation here how you guys feeling about it not a wild card yeah. i'll say i i mean that's a big chunk of damage it's um in some situations it's a like mini deathwing um but deathwing wasn't very good and uh like um i don't know play a whirlwind before this but then you're like playing whirlwind in your deck uh follow it up with a blood razor maybe it's good but i like what deck is that that exists other than maybe a patron warrior you can finally get charge damage to face again um the fact that it does go face and can get big numbers does kind of make it scary maybe with a brand there might be a cute like mark combo with whirlwind brand olgra uh, if there are enough minions on the board, but like the conditional nature of it is what's concerning, right? Because first of all, that's 10 mana. Um, so that aside though, like the games where you're going to get to 10 mana, the opponent doesn't prioritize playing minions. And, and then like, if you're a combo deck, you're not. So there, there are a lot of things that make this card uh, difficult, um, but I think it's real cool. So I, I don't know. I'll, I'll try, I'll try that brand combo uh, and I'll, probably lose my mind doing it uh, once again but um i don't know probably not a, like you said probably not a wild playable card yeah i i have these dreams of like one day in wild there'd be like an enraged tempo warrior similar to like i think there was a deck similar to that in standard at one point with the uh like the blood of brave style effects where like you just ping it and it becomes like a five six instead uh, of a two six and so i can dream of a deck where like that's eventually going to exist in wild and i feel like this is perfect in that deck but that deck is very far from existing right now and so it feels like olgor is just going to be just on the shelf for a uh, a very long time all right let's talk about uh the next spell here that we had revealed let's talk about door of shadows this is a rogue spell uh one mana shadow spell one mana draw a spell infuse two add a temporary copy of it to your hand and so I believe that the copy lasts until the end of your turn. Um, and so you get basically two copies of the spell, potentially. Um, and so I, I think maybe just we can evaluate base level and then the, the transformed upgraded level. Because at its base, it is technically a, a tutor for a spell, right? Um, mm. If that is relevant in a deck that you're building. Um, I, I don't know exactly what deck that might be. But we know that effects like this are powerful. And then if you are running a deck with minions, you can upgrade it, get two copies of that spell. Hopefully an important spell if you're trying to tutor it. And so Door of Shadows, I think it's actually a pretty intriguing card here. How are you guys feeling about it? 
I no no my initially I went to pillager and then I realized like you're not having minions die so that seems a little bit difficult. Uh, then th because you know when you wanted when you think about tutoring specific cards especially spells and especially in rogue where you're you know a lot of your spells are your enablers or your engine for getting through your deck and drawing your cards. Uh, it makes sense to think about combo decks, but like even a even a mine rogue doesn't run a lot of minions because you want to run gnolls. You that might have some potential in this just because of um, the fact that you're not going to want to play cards in the early game to to begin with to like get to your gnolls. But like I don't know, like you both null you have to draw this really early and have your two gnolls die because you don't have a whole lot of other minions in your deck. Seems like a pretty quality card in some instances or it has some potential but like i don't know i can't think of a home for it right now and so maybe that means it's not as high quality as i'm thinking of if it's not able to just like immediately force its way into some of these uh, established decks i don't know it's a uh, seems like it has some potential depending on what you want to do with it um i don't know it could be like interesting in a super high roll um smokescreen rogue like just draw into the the smoke screen, rip it for one. You don't care about like the uh, the effect. Play the uh, the trickster and um, have a blast. Like I don't know. That seems pretty scummy and uh, could be worth considering because you're probably only running like a handful of spells in that deck anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in this card. I think uh, I think it's very high quality. Um, just at the first look, uh, obviously it wants to be paired with cheap spells right like because you obviously need to be able to play it and then get the worthwhile effect uh fortunately it's rogue so there's lots of cheap spells <laughs> uh a home that i think of off the top of my head is quest rogue yeah. um perhaps like doubling up on shadow step seems like very very tempting um extra preps if you're playing you know like getting an extra copy of prep maybe prep swindle like prep swindle shadow step maybe just like those three as a spells kind of thing um, that seems pretty interesting. Uh, even just like in an aggro pirate rogue, I'm kind of like, I'm going through the Rolodex in my head, right? Because the, uh, the infused part of the effect is going to be very, very easy to hit. Um, and so, yeah, this card being just essentially a one mana draw two, um, a lot of the time, right? Uh, it kind of means that you can kind of go for like very, very high tempo, uh, spells and payoffs and things like that so i don't know i'm very, very intrigued by this i think it's uh i think it's strong and wouldn't be shocked at all if it had uh you know managed to find a home in some sort of wild deck yeah it, it feels very abusable i think i my head went towards quest rogue uh first as well right like you said shadow steps preps even stuff like secret passages just doubling mm. two secret passages is really good if you can hit like three or four in a game that sounds absolutely insane um so yeah a door shadow is definitely a card to keep an eye on uh excited to see what we can do with that all right so let's move into shaman uh people may or may not be a fan uh, of the archetype that seems like it's getting pushed here in shaman this expansion uh, i know it's one of those polarizing archetypes and so it does look like that shaman is getting a lot of evolve shaman support um and also devolve support uh so let's first of all start with uh, our first locate or our second location here first one for shaman uh, called Muck Pools. So this is a, another one mana, three durability location. Uh, transform a friendly minion into one that costs one more. Uh, so basically the card mutate that you get to use three times for one card. Seems a lot higher quality uh, than the warrior location we just saw. Um, seems seems pretty powerful. How do you guys feel about it? Uh, yeah. No, it's definitely better than the, the warrior one. I think that that's, uh, that's clear. Uh, just because like it has an archetype that has been you know fringe playable at times that it can immediately slot in. Um, a lot of issues with that deck is that like it doesn't really have much to do with its mana in the early game. Uh, the early game at least used to be wait until I draw the bloom, the bunny, and the weapon. Um, you know, for people that don't like evolve shaman, one of the good things uh, or you know a little bit of hope for you is that lightning bloom was nerfed and. Um, that was kind of a big part of what made that deck go for a while. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not being able to cheat that extra mana could be a big deal since uh, they're printing some extra support. So we we may have dodged a bit of a bullet with the uh, preemptive lightning bloom nerf. Um, I don't I doubt that that's what they had in mind because it was very toxic and big shaman already. So you don't need another reason other than that. But uh, 
you know, it's probably good, especially considering uh, the other spell that, uh, that that Shaman has revealed already, um, you know, which has a mana investment of it. You kind of, you, you want that bloom in, the, in that instance, but I think Muck Pools is fine. Um, probably worth the slot, definitely better than Thrall. Um, but like, I don't know. Thrall is a bad card, so like uh, yeah. that's not really much of a fair comparison. But like you know, you're you're already considering running mutate in that deck. You're probably running it in some instances, depending on your build, um, especially if you're you know either running Zontimo or the uh, the rush guy. So, um, so um, I mean, this card is good with Corridor Creeper. If you get a good set of infused cards that are related to involve, like evolve, you've got some nice like. Uh, synergy there because you're already trying to kill stuff off for the the corridor keeper. So I think there there is still some potential for evolve shaman in this expansion even without the uh, the lightning blooms. Yeah, um, this is super super strong. I, I think the we are getting kind of like a baseline of like what type of effect and how effective the uh, locations are, right? Where well, we got the sort of inner rage light um, for warrior, and then we have kind of a mutate. So we are kind of looking at you know previous zero cost card type uh, type effects. It seems like. Um, but yeah, this is really, really good. Uh, Evolve Shaman runs on such a tight window, basically, where um, you don't have a ton of mana to play with a lot of the time. You're um, especially now without Bloom, right? And so at the same time, you it's kind of hard to develop Evolve targets and the Evolve effect on the same turn a lot of the time. Um, and so being able to kind of like preload that is what makes this really, really good. It's a big part of also what makes the weapon uh, Knuckles really, really strong as well. Um, having that preloaded effect. So I think this is great. Um, but like Ravel said, Bloom gone. Um, that was kind of a big part. I think half my wins when I would play Evolve Shaman came off like Bloom Bunnies Evolve. Uh, so that's no longer really a, an option. Um, but yeah, obviously just a super powerful effect compared to the Warrior one. And so I am interested in the, to see moving forward. Are we going to see more like this? Or are we going to see something a little bit closer to the Warrior for the other classes? I mean, maybe with Bloom gone, there's some uh, some Hopium that Flesh Shaper can get reverted back to 7 and not be absolutely gross. Um, I know I, what I'm saying. It's I, okay. <laughs> that ship has it's sailed over. a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to revisit those old, hey, old hey, I said Hopium for a reason, okay? Come on. Um, all right. Let's talk about the uh, the legendary here. Uh, Lady Vaj is back. Uh, Baroness Vaj, 4 mana, 3, 6, legendary Naga. If this would transform into a minion summon that minion instead uh so essentially uh kind of the the play pattern here is you play it play your location and then you go turn three or turn four play the vage use the location on here you get the three six vage and you get the random five drop that you would evolve into um and so there's like the dreams of coin play this on four turn five five unstable evolutions get five five drops i know that's dreamland but this card seems absolutely nutty in Evolve decks. It also um, has some really cute synergy uh, with stuff like it can't get Devolved. It can't get Hexed. It can't get Polymorphed, um, which is pretty cute. And so, so yeah, Baroness Vaj, uh, it seems like a slam dunk in, in all of these Evolve Shaman archetypes. Yeah, and like in Wild, we also have Mutate, right? So even on turn four, you could make a Baroness Vaj yeah and uh at least one five mana card depending on how many mutates you have um you know it, it generating the extra bodies also you know makes your evolves a little bit better on later turns because you could like mutate the uh the baroness and then play and evolve and then you've got three minions now just from one card or i guess three cards but like turning a mutate into a five mana card alone <laughs> or a five mana minion is already pretty good right like um and then you know that evolve shaman struggles when it doesn't have enough bodies on the board this generates bodies instead of like cycling bodies so um yeah there's there's definitely some potential it's also she's got a pretty sturdy caboose so like it's hard to remove with just minion damage right um and like you said can't really effectively be transformed that those are really like a common concern right now but like in some cases that might matter um Especially if Evolve Shaman does become popular and there are a lot of Evolve Mirrors, for instance. So, uh, yeah, definitely a card to keep an eye on and uh, definitely worth just jamming into your Evolve deck because of the 
synergy it has with all of the cards that you're already playing. All right, let's talk about another potentially really good card here for Evolve Shaman deck. Let's talk about Primordial Wave. Uh, so a th three mana nature. Sp I said potentially. Come on. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. It's it's a three mana nature spell. Uh, transform enemy minions uh, into one that costs one less. So basically devolve, and friendly minions into ones that cost one more. So basically evolve. So it's evolve devolve combined into one card. Um, it is important to note it is a nature spell for uh, for dungeoneer tutoring. Um, I mean, Corp, you, you gave me the eh. How, how bad do you think this card really is? <laughs> oh, I think it's really bad. Uh, yeah, I don't like this at all. Um, you know that thing I was talking about, how, you know, Shaman has to be able to stack the board and evolve at the same time, and how it's such a tight window, and um, yeah, this costs three. So, <laughs> there, it's going to be kind of, like, very situational, where you're able to actually maximize the, you know, the effect from both parts of it, right? Like, it's hard that you're going to have a minion on board that you want to evolve and the opponent has stuff that you want to devolve and this is all happening at the same time as your three mana spell um very very expensive um so not a not a big fan of this one and you know you just want to be pushing that curve lower with mutate evolve and um even like revolve um is a very similar effect right like it's not as good obviously it's it's not upping your minions by one but in terms of like a mass silence effect and a mass changeover for your own cards it is so much better. Um, I do understand that that doesn't have the nature tag, and this does, but I really don't think that's enough to push it over the edge at all. Like, I think this is just not very good. Yeah, I think without Lightning Bloom existing anymore, this is just not, like, a card that fits the speed of uh, the wild format right now. And, like, like Corb said, like, Evolve Shaman needs to go fast in order to, to win games because, like, that's its benefit, is a giant, like, leap in uh, in tempo by... Uh, taking advantage of the evolve quickly and you know turn six is too late if you're like thinking about doing this like bunnies plus this on turn six that's not gonna win you any games of our stone <laughs> like you're you're dead on turn six so uh, yeah but, uh, that's not gonna do it so yeah um it, it's nice that you're able to like condense um cards two cards into a single card but you're probably just not running devolve in evolve shaman yeah. anyway right because like like Corp said, Evolve is probably just better because cheaper. And, uh, like, the only benefit of... And, actually, like, one of the few times that you want to play Devolve in Evolve Shaman is so that you can remove your opponent's taunts and bash them in the face with your minions. And, like, yep. this doesn't allow you to do that because then you don't <laughs> get minions that can attack, so you kind of lose that Well, just uh, get charge advantage. minions. Come on. Yeah, just get it exclusively charge minions, problem solved. But yeah. like, <laughs> you could just evolve into charge minions and double your damage in that case. So like, uh, I mean, that's that's still not a solution. I think you just like. I, it's I think. not a. It's not a good sign when you talk more and more through a card and you keep coming up with reasons why it's actually worse than you thought. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's a sign to move on to our our tenth and final card here that got revealed today. Um, let's talk about Suspicious Usher, um, one mana one three priest uh, minion, battle cry, discover a legendary minion. If your opponent guesses your choice, they get a copy. So basically, this is a one mana one three add a legendary minion to your hand, and then at the beginning of your opponent's turn, they get the option to they see the same three legendaries that you see. If they pick the right one, they also get a copy of it. Um, so pretty weird, weird card. But it's a one mana one three add a legendary minion to your hand. So like, how bad can it be? Oh, it's terrible. But I love this card. Uh, like, the random legendaries are, especially in wild, are not something that you really want to be adding to your hand. And if you're like actively looking to win games, but there's a lot of potential for fun with this card. I think that like oftentimes. I don't know you probably it's kind of got like a maybe like a i don't know mind games to it where you pick the second best card and then hope that your opponent picks the best card and then like if they pick the second best card then you you, you know i don't know they, it just creates a lot of fun instances where um i want to play this card i want it now give me this card i want to play some thief priest and i want to add this to it it's not really a thieving mechanic but i just like adding cards that like a clash shouldn't have to their hand it's it's fun for me like it gets a lot of uh 
you know, unique interactions, like, you know, maybe Shutterwalk in a, uh, well, uh, in a priest. Well, can you, can you get a Shutterwalk? Oh, I guess it would be only discovered. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, wait, yeah, it'll just be priest neutral. It'll only right, be yeah. priest. Never mind, this card is terrible. I hate it. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't want priest legendaries when I'm playing priest. No, no wait. one would want that. No, I mean, yeah. you also don't want priest legendaries in general because they all kind of suck, so... I mean, there are some fun things that you can do with priest legendaries and other like who doesn't love grabbing an Archbishop Benedictus and like. But then just like run that in your deck. Well, if you're not if you're not a priest, it's it's I don't know. The excitement for me is is getting a card that I'm not supposed to have. Sure. But now that this is taken away from it, like I I should have read the card closer. I forget. Always (laughs) rip boogie monster. You were so close to relevance (laughs) once again. (laughs) I guess neutrals uh, come up as well, but. yeah, most neutral legendaries are kind of boring. Yeah. All right. That is 10 cards, though. Uh, just the tip of the iceberg of the 135 that we're going to see. Um, just how are you guys feeling about the brand new expansion? Excited for the cards, like the mechanics? I, I'm a big fan of the locations. I'm excited to see what they do with that. Um, but just kind of in general, how are you guys feeling? Um, I think the same is true uh, as what I said at the top of the show. This is one of the most excited I've been for an expansion in a very long time. Um Honestly, like, this early with Voyage, I was, like, you know, underwater theme. That's not really of interest to me. Uh, then I got to play with the cards, and, like, I had a ton of fun with it. So I'm hoping this won't be the inverse of it. I'm hoping that, like, we'll get the best of both worlds. We'll be, oops, where I'll be hyped at the beginning, and then I'll get to play the cards, and I'll be extra hyped again. So, um, but regardless, I think the, the theme just does nearly everything for me. Uh, some of the cards are cool, and I like the fact that we're getting new card types, and yeah, I, I'm very excited for it. Yeah, the uh, the infused mechanic is sort of like a little bit of an inverse of the uh, corrupt, right? Where corrupt kind of like wants you to promote playing more expensive stuff and um, play sort of like out of sequence like that, whereas infuse is kind of promoting a lot of cheap things and you know like getting on the board with like many many tokens uh in, in a lot of ways so um for me personally like infuse is much more like my speed <laughs> like I- i'm very excited c- about cards like door of shadows for example in rogue um and i'm kind of looking forward to seeing what else we get that kind of thing uh and i think that cards like door of shadows right like corrupt cards have a lot less potential viability in wild um Whereas stuff that's dependent on low-cost stuff and, like, early interaction, that has a lot more potential in Wild, I think. Uh, so that's exciting. I really like the locations, uh, like Meow talked about. Um, and yeah, uh, looking forward to it. I mean, expansion season always fun. So we'll see We'll see what we get over the next few weeks. Yep. All right. So just to, to rehash, uh, August 2nd, I believe, is the expansion release date. I think it's a couple of weeks earlier than we normally get our, our fall expansion. But everything has been pushed forward, so I'm not too surprised by that um so i'm excited to see uh reveal season get underway uh i believe the first reveal is july 1st so that is this friday i think starting with the kibler stream and then going for the next couple weeks after that uh so make sure you guys stay tuned uh to all of that and uh, i'm excited man i this is the best time right uh, of the hearthstone cycle i think for me is just like expansion season theory crafting all that kind of good stuff uh i'm having a lot of fun with it and uh, I'm excited. I haven't had time to play uh, any games yet with the uh, uh, Prince Renthal. So I'm excited to, to get some of those games down, play some some Reno Renthal deck roulette with uh, 10 Renthal decks and uh, have a little bit of fun that way. So Yeah, I'll say the one thing that uh, I'm a little bit concerned about with this set is like the... The length of time of the reveal season seems to be yeah. I was just thinking about that. Than the normal, like we're more than a month out. We're like a month and a half, and so that's gonna. I don't know that. Like, I know that they seem to be a little bit like I was just looking through the schedule. They seem to be a little bit more paced out, but like that slow drip um, also has its <laughs> own problems associated with it. Like, there's going to be gaps as well as just like that's a long time to maintain hype until like we start to get, you know, towards the, uh, the actual expansion drop. So, um, hopefully they're able to, the, to maintain the excitement because honestly, a lot of people are excited. Like you said, the Renathal is a very popular card, even if it 
you know, we're not super high on its competitive viability, like it, everybody loves it and that's great. I think it's a good one to to give away for free, but like we've still got, you know, a month and a half or a month and a week to, to go before we actually get to play with the cards again. So that's that's my only concern that I have with it. Yeah. Yeah, it feels so, like a little bit of a throwback because it, it, it seems like the past uh like for for some time now the reveal schedule has been like very compact, you know, like two weeks and we've kind of been over and done with um and then it's kind of like a usually a one week little delay so this is kind of like maybe an extra week 10 days and um that might not sound like a lot but it can be a lot <laughs> like that can be that can be a really painful 10 days uh, but, but you know hopefully it's all good and they can figure out a way to like pace it out appropriately yeah so i mean just looking at it it's july 1st through july 23rd uh is the reveal season so like 22 days and then there's and then, yeah, and like, 10-day gap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But hey, it does make it easier for us where we actually don't sit here for two hours every episode because we have 50 cards to talk about because they're more paced out. So maybe <laughs> maybe that's also a silver lining for us, uh, selfishly. Um, but, yeah, I hope everybody listening is excited for the uh, the new expansion. Uh, hope you guys are getting your Renthal games in and enjoying it as well. Uh, Corbin Raffle, thanks again for joining me. Let the people know where they can find you and uh, your content. You can find me on Twitch and YouTube at Raffle and on Twitter at RaffleHS. And you can always find me at Corbett on Twitch or at Corbett Games on Twitter and YouTube. And you guys can find me at Get Me Out on all those platforms as well. Appreciate everybody listening all the way to the end. And we'll see you guys again next time. Later.